They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. We're going to see on Thursday uh, Sarah Matthews and, and Mr. Pottinger. Um, what can we expect from them, uh, Betsy? Both of these officials resigned on January 6th because of what was happening that day. Pottinger is particularly interesting. He was a senior National Security Council staffer for the entirety of the Trump administration. As people remember, the NSC had a crazy amount of staff turnover for that entire four years. But Pottinger endured through a number of national security advisors. I'm told that one person who was a key advocate for Pottinger within the Trump administration was then Vice President Mike Pence. So it would have been extraordinarily difficult and intense for Pottinger to see the president's text about Mike Pence that went down on January 6th, although perhaps difficult is the wrong word. It sounds like it was actually really easy for him. That text he testified to the committee made it crystal clear that he didn't want to be in the administration anymore, and that's why he resigned. Peter K. Navarro sitting in for Stephen K. Bannon today. We got a packed show, and we are going to start um, Katie Tour. I'm going to agree with her uh, Matt Pottinger, a former colleague of mine in the Trump White House, um, is particularly interesting. And the way the way I want to set this up, first of all, um, is you saw in the uh, in that uh, little ad about um, the, the taking back Trump's America book. And what's what's really interesting about this book with respect to what's happening now in real time with people like Matt Pottinger, is that the, the, the foundation of this book, one of the key themes of this book, is uh, a, a more subtle form of the Reagan axiom that personnel is policy. Uh, the Reagan axiom basically referred to, uh, hey, if you put people in your administration uh, that have a certain point of view, you're going to get policies reflecting that point of view. And if they may or may not agree with the commander in chief, you know, and, and, and Reagan was warning, you know, don't put people like that in who don't agree with Reagan. Um, in the taking back Trump's America book, I refine that um, and talk about how bad personnel, not only is bad policy, but bad politics. And, and long before, there was a January 6th committee and long before the subpoenas were flying, long before this and then that. Um, I wrote the, uh, the Taking Back Trump's America book. And in it, um, you know, I, ident I identify just a whole number of these bad personnel with the premise of the book being one of the central premises that because of these bad personnel and the resultant bad politics, um, we lost the election um, and more accurately, it was close enough to steal. And, you know, some of these people are the usual suspects you hear about. And I'll, I, I ripped them from stem to stern in taking back Trump's America. I, I, you know, the worst probably was Steve Mnuchin. He, he hands down did the most damage to the boss of any, but there were others like uh, the, the two men 
who, uh, who ruined the National Economic Council, uh, Gary Cudlow, excuse me, Gary, Larry Cudlow and Gary Cohn. You had uh, Mattis, uh, Mad Dog Mattis, followed by uh, feckless Mark Esper at the Department of Defense, uh, bad personnel, Tillerson at State. But there were these second-tier players um, like Matt Pottinger, and a lot of these bad personnel that I talk about in the Taking Back Trump's America book are now popping up within the context of, of the select committee, as they like to call it, or unselect, as President Trump likes to call it, um, in prime time, um, or with other bad personnel I, I talk about in the Taking Back Trump's America book, like Mick Mulvaney, uh, they're, they're popping off um, as commentators. And, and by the way, um, MSNBC needs to be held accountable uh, for this. MSNBC talking to you right now, journalistic ethics. You're putting this guy, Miles Taylor, on your show to pop off about Trump in, in the most uh, condescending way. And you don't tell the audience that this was the same guy who allegedly published uh, the anonymous books that, that dumped all over Trump early in the administration. And um, instead, you portray him as somebody who was pro-Trump by describing him as a former Trump official. Uh, shame on you, MSNBC. So this, this bad personnel is not only bad policy, but bad politics is the theme of Taking Back Trump's America. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to talk about what, what, I, what I have described previously and described in a civil suit I filed in this matter. And I'm going to be very careful not to talk about my own case that's pending now. Um, but uh, I want to do that. I want to kind of lay this out as, as, as kind of the chessboard you're, we're watching now. And then I want to brief, uh, read a brief passage from Taking Back Trump's America about Matt Pottinger to give you a little insight um, into his own character or lack thereof. Um, and interestingly enough, this is going to be a packed show in, in, the, in the B block, the second uh, part of this uh, half hour. We're going to uh, bring up uh, uh, Jeffrey Tucker to talk about Deborah Burks, another one of these bad personnel in the Trump White House who stabbed him in the back. And I'm going to tell you uh, in more detail how it was Matt Pottinger who actually was most responsible for Deborah Burks being in the White House. That's some breaking news for you, by the way, out there in, um, in Never Trump um, journalism land. So um, let, me, let me talk about the committee. What I'm going to tell you now is nothing uh, that I haven't said repeatedly, but uh, I think it's worth reviewing in light of the continuing on unfolding events that we're seeing. Uh, you, and, and again, if you go to PeterNavarro.com, you can read my civil suit that I filed against that committee uh, that lays uh, all this out in, in great detail. But, but the, 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 the beginning of this is the observation that while Congress, the legislative branch of our government, has the power to investigate it can only do so for legislative purposes. Uh, 
That is, in this particular case, if, for example, this committee really wanted to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th, they'd want to know why Pelosi left the perimeter lightly guarded. They'd want to know why the feckless Mark Esper, the defense secretary, kept the National Guard too far away to respond in a timely way. And they'd certainly want to know why the FBI had informants inside the battleground perimeter possibly instigating that violence. And and if those issues were were investigated and rules were changed and laws were made to make sure those things didn't reoccur, that would be a legitimate expression of their legislative function. But, but, big but here, um, that's not what's going on here. That may be part of what's going on here, but this committee is using that as a veil to also pursue a judicial function, um, which is a violation of the separation of powers. We got we got the legislative, executive, and judicial branch. The role of the judiciary is to is is to prosecute, criminally punish. That's what the judiciary does. So it's not appropriate in the slightest for this unselect committee to spend its focus and time on building a criminal case against Donald Trump for the political and partisan purposes of preventing him from becoming President 47 in this country in January of 2025. Yet that is what they are doing. And you have, um, as proof of that, uh, seven of the nine members, Democrats, um, essentially participated in a coup d'etat's attempts beginning um, as far back as 2016, whether it's whether it's Benny Thompson, the chair, um, Jamie Raskin, Adam Schiff, um, just just roll it off. It started with the now discredited Russia hoax, which Schiff in particular pursued. There were two phony impeachments, which all seven of those Democrats were involved in. And Raskin in particular pursued three different House resolutions designed to get rid of um, Donald Trump on trumped up, pun intended, physical or medical, mental, medical, mental, mental grounds. Um, so, so we know all of that. And what, what this kangaroo committee is doing um, in their investigation is, is handing out unlawful subpoenas in my civil suit. I described them as ultra virus, unlawful uh, subpoenas. Uh, like Pez dispensers, and they're they're bringing in whoever they can. People like Pottinger, who who will go in there and talk to them. They put anybody who comes in behind closed doors. These people who are interviewed are not allowed to record any of that, so they don't have. They have to do everything from memory. Um, and if somebody says something that that the committee likes, that's consistent with their hoax narrative, they'll put them on in prime time. So apparently Matt Pottinger made the cut. Um, so let me let me read this um, from Taking Back Trump's America. This is what I had to say about Matt Pottinger long before any of these uh, events 
uh, arrived. And so um, I'm, I'm talking about kind of what the beginning in 2016, when we were in the transition, what I was doing between election day and inauguration day um, in 2016. So let me just read this out here. As a third line of effort I would engage in during the transition at Trump Tower, I would dig in with Mike Flynn, Trump's choice for national security advisor. I liked Mike from the outset. He had a no-nonsense, let's take the hill kind of military sensibility that appealed to my own temperament. He also left no doubt that he saw communist China at the top of the pyramid of existential threats to the United States. The other great appeal of Mike Flynn to me was his soon-to-be deputy, Matt Pottinger. Pottinger was a fluent Mandarin speaker who had worked in China for nearly five years for the Wall Street Journal as a reporter. In 20, uh, 2005, Pottinger enlisted in the Marines and wound up serving in Afghanistan, where he met Flynn. Now, he had hooked his wagon to the rising Flynn star, and he was schooling Flynn on the subtleties of Chinese mercantilism and the geopolitics of Chinese soft power. Now, here's where it gets interesting. I would be remiss in not adding here, however, that ultimately Pottinger was a big disappointment to me as well as to the boss, that's President Trump. With his expertise as a Wall Street Journal reporter, Pottinger had mastered the art of the strategic leak. What Pottinger would do towards the end of the administration using that mastery was leak all sorts of information that portrayed Matt as a hero at the expense of POTUS, myself, and even his own boss, Robert O'Brien. When the books, and yes, there were more than one book, came out portraying Matt as a cross between Superman and the second coming of Christ, juxtaposed against the devil of Trump and everybody else in the West Wing, we all knew exactly who the source of the leak was. More than miffed, POTUS let O'Brien know in no uncertain terms how pissed off he was at Pottinger and wanted him out of the building. O'Brien pretty much felt the same way. That's right from the gospel of taking back Trump's America. That's who Matt Pottinger is. And that's that's a, a poster child of the whole premise of the Taking Back Trump's America book, that bad personnel not only lead to bad policy, because Matt dragged his heels on a lot of things, stuck us with Deborah Burks, it also leads to bad politics. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. We'll be right back to talk more about bad personnel in the White House. And Deborah Burks is up next. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. 
and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. Downturn is shaking up consumers and small business owners. A recent survey taken by Goldman Sachs found 93 percent, 93% of small businesses fear a recession, and 89% are affected by inflation, supply chain issues, and workforce challenges. Right to me. Okay. Uh, Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon today. We're going to give Denver a minute or two uh, to reset. Denver, I wanted the uh, the Burks clip uh coupled back to back with jeffrey tucker's clip uh this morning from the war room let cameron know um when you're ready to go um and we'll do that because um this is going to be uh important in the last segment uh i talked about how in the taking back trump's america book the theme was bad personnel equals bad politics and i showed that matt pottinger uh was part of that endemic problem in the white house and now uh, let's let's uh, let's explain Matt, how Matt Pottinger was the guy who actually helped create the Burks monster. Um, but I want to tee it up with this clip. So Denver, fire away. When the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit it, was that a lie or was that a guess, or is it the same answer? I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way, and that's why I think scientists and public health leaders always have to be at the so, table so being it, very clear what we know and what we but this, don't this know. Is in, this is important for the country to know. So when I asked the question, when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it, and I asked you if it was a guess or a lie, you said you don't know. You said you think it was hope. So what we do know is it wasn't the truth. So they were either guessing, lying, or hoping and communicating that information to the, to the, to the citizens of this country. Burke's book is that she was never a much of a believer in the vaccine. She always thought that they would uh, probably not work very well. And, and she wanted permanent lockdowns. In other words, a lot of people saw the vaccines as the way to get out of lockdowns. She didn't believe that. She always thought you'd have to stay in lockdowns forever, as far as I can tell. So when she's referring to people t- uh, advertising that the vaccines would stop infection and transmission, she's really talking about Fauci and Walensky and these kind of things. So when she says it was a hope, she's really describing them, that, that, that they were hoping. But she, she'd been reading the EUAs and seeing very clearly early on that they weren't going to work. What's, what's creepy about, about Burks is that she's even worse than what you described. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to have Jeffrey Tucker in in a moment, but I want to kind of set the table here because uh, this story's uh, a bit more complex than anybody's told so far. And I was there, and um, I think I think I may break some more news today when I talk a little bit about this. Um, in 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 late January, is the in twenty twenty when the pandemic was breaking. Um, I was one of the few people in the White House uh, who you know, believed Houston we had a problem. And um, I met Fauci on January 28th. Um, in, that's immortal, immor, more, memorialized in the In Trump Time book. 
and I fought him tooth and nail on the China travel ban. He was again, and I was for it. We got it. It saved millions of lives. And it was the first time Fauci was exposed to me as, as the liar, disseminator, weakling, uh, backstabber that he was. And, and it was the first time I told the boss to fire Fauci. Uh, and it wouldn't be the last time. Um, but what was interesting early on in the pandemic, you have to understand that at the time this, this pandemic hit, we, we had no idea how dangerous the China virus was. And I, I knew right at the outset it came from China, it came from that Wuhan lab. Um, we, did, we thought it might be a bioweapon. We were looking at what's called the R-naught, which is the, uh, how contagious the virus was. It looked to be very contagious and how deadly the virus was. It looked to be very deadly, at least in the early stages. And so you had, you had uh, people within the White House who had very starkly different views. And um, Mark Short, who was the chief of staff to Pence, was, was what I called in the In Trump Time book, one of the virus deniers, along with Kudlow, uh, Jared Kushner, most of the top people around the president was like, eh, no big deal, Mnuchin. They were all kind of not taking it seriously in a way um, which wouldn't lead us to lockdowns, but it but would lead us, for example, to prepare for enough protective equipment, personal protective equipment, other things like that. And so um, the way Burks came into the mix was Pottinger in the National Security Council. He was the deputy to Robert O'Brien. Uh, both Pottinger and O'Brien had a more uh, dire and hawkish view of this virus, knowing what they knew about China and what it might do. And they had the bright idea of importing Burks in from the bureaucracy for the sole purpose of, of having a fifth column inside Vice President Mike Pence's task force uh, to push uh, a harder line on things like lockdowns. Um, so, so the genesis of Burks really was Pottinger, and um, the the what ensued was a, a very complex battle of factions. Scott Atlas, uh, who Tucker has uh, Jeff Tucker has high regard for, would would come in. You know, my only criticism of Scott is he he just didn't know anything about politics. And he came in and said, spoke his mind, and they just they just eviscerated him. Uh, Burks had a similar problem. They eviscerated her. And when I talk about they, it was Kushner and Mark Short who would turn Burks um, into a sacrificial lamb for some of the stuff they did. Uh, and and uh, um, uh, it just it it just didn't <laughs> it didn't proceed well. Um, and Burks, I called her Dances with Scarves because she had the kind of signature scarves, uh, became a person uh, with no economics training whatsoever, total blinders on. All she wanted to do was kill the virus, and, and she thought the only way to do it was the lockdown. And, and therein, um, stop the spread ensued. You know, the very pious Mike Pence kind of did a 180, and we started walking down that road. Uh, but that's the backstory, and I think Burks ultimately turned on the president. The last thing I'll say about Burks, again, it's like character determines fate. And just as Pottinger turned out to be a leaker, a self-angrizing leaker who pimped up his own resume, 
um, while downgrading the boss and O'Brien and myself uh, with regards to all sorts of things about our China policy. Um, Burks, Burks had a little, little bit of that um, going on as well. And, and when she got eviscerated, essentially, internally, she turned bitter and went after, after the boss. But the, the character part was revealed to me in one of the first meetings I was in with her in the Oval. And we had briefed before we went in about what she was going to tell the boss uh, based on what she knew. She went in there and at the first sign of pushback from the boss in terms of intelligent questions, she wilted. And when we came out of the Oval, we were in the what's called the Outer Oval. And I looked at her in the eye and said, Deb, the only reason why you're here is to speak honestly with President Donald John Trump. And if you can't do that, you have no business being here. You failed right then. You can't let that happen again. And it, it, it's a shame uh, that that it ended the way it was. Now, I'm going to bring in Jeffrey Tucker. Just so you know, Jeffrey, we're going to bring you over for the, 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 the next segment next as well. Segment so I won't, well, short, I won't shortchange you on time. Uh, but, Jeff, uh, I want you to maybe just go ahead and reflect on some of the things I've said um, and uh, give, give us your take on uh, this bad personnel and Deborah Burks. The Burks-Puttinger question, let's start there. Um, uh, apparently, Deborah and, and Puttinger's wife were colleagues at CDC, and that's how Puttinger knew about her. Interesting. In, in the first place, because uh, it's not like he just picked her randomly out of nowhere, right? She had no experience whatsoever in infectious disease. She had been doing the AIDS thing as everybody with her credentials was doing because the NIH was handing out money like crazy billions of dollars going to any, anybody working on AIDS. So that was her only experience. So her only conception of a virus is uh, to avoid it. That's it. I mean, she's not a complicated person. But why she was picked, apparently she was good to <laughs> Yeah, touche. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Sorry. You're cracking me up here. Go ahead. No, but I mean, it's a respiratory virus. Everybody's going to get it. Everybody's going to. She didn't get that, right? She never understood. She yeah. thought it was AIDS. And that's why yeah. she loved masks. Those are condoms. Anyway, she goes into the sub books. This woman is has the uh, uh, knowledge of a, a third grade biology teacher. I mean, she's just. Anyway. Um, it's embarrassing. But the, so why was she picked up? Apparently, she was a good, good friends with Pottinger's wife. And, and, and Pottinger foisted her on the, on the White House as the coronavirus uh, uh, coordinator. And I'm guessing that meeting that you had at the Oval Office was, I'm guessing maybe March 20th, 20, somewhere between March 20th, uh, sorry, February 20th and February 25th, something like that. Um, on February 27th, as far as I can read the situation, uh, F Fauci along with all the rest of his cohorts, uh, including uh, Redfield and Farrar in, in, in London, and some of these other major lockdown guys, flipped in the direction of favoring lockdowns. And you and I can discuss you know, how exactly that happened, because they'd known about the virus for a full month with uh, burner phones and secret phone calls and all kinds of things. So suddenly they were convinced that the only way they're going to defeat this virus is by destroying the Trump economy. All right. So uh, Burks is all in on that. They tasked her to go into the White House and convince the president, which he reluctantly went along with it on February, um, not on February 27th, on uh, beginning on March 12th, the travel ban, but fully on March 16th, 
he got very suspicious that he had been railroaded uh, within. All right, hold that, in, hold that thought, Jeffrey, because uh, we're 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 going to the break now, and uh, the plot uh, does indeed thicken. Uh, Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon in the War Room, the number one podcast in politics in the world. You are here on the War Room. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider. and They have been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans. Thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and your Second Amendment. Go to PatriotMobile.com. That's all one word, PatriotMobile.com, slash Bannon, or call. 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-P-A-T-R-I-O-T. 972-PATRIOT. Use the offer code BANNON, B-A-N-N-O-N, to get the free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts for you. Come join our movement and make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash BANNON. That's PatriotMobile.com slash BANNON. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Support this company that supports your values. Do this today. Action, action, action. Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. <laughs> Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon. I, I laugh at that ad every time I hear it now because my first thought, is the, the one burning question I have about this whole thing is whether those leg irons they put me in were made in America you know, it's like I, I spent four years in the White House uh, pushing Buy America plans and, and Made in America Steel. Um, it would give me at least some cold comfort, no pun intended, if uh, at least those leg irons uh, the FBI wound up getting me in um, were, I don't know, made in Ohio or something like that. That, that would be uh, pretty cool. Uh, and speaking of Made in America... There is Mike Lindell and My Pillow. This is one of the most successful American corporations. All the more reason why it's an abomination uh, for the WalMarts and Targets and big box retailers of this world to cancel. That's what they're doing. They're canceling My Pillow because of Mike Lindell's exercise of uh, his uh, free speech. 
And this is the kind of thing we really can't tolerate um, in America. Walmart, by the way, was last seen uh, importing most of its inventory from communist China and laughing all the way to the bank. Um, I'd love to write a book about that. Oh, I did. Death by China. Um, you know, I, it's just bad. So here's the, here's the thing. You can help Mike and help yourself by going to MyPillow.com right now and check out the latest special that Mike has. Um, it's, uh, let me get this, this right. It's per, per kale sheets. These are great sheets. $39.98. All you got to do is use code room war room, right? Code war room. And um, go support uh, the armor piercing shell known as Mike Lindell. Okay. When last we spoke before the break, I was with Jeffrey Tucker and we were talking about um, Deborah Burks and how she was um, the queen of the economic lockdowns before going back to Jeffrey. The one thing I would say is, you know, there was this, this in the fog of war, there was this, this battle inside the White House um, about kind of what to do about the pandemic, how serious was in that, when it would be over, this and the other thing. And um, it'd be interesting to hear Jeffrey talk a little bit also about some of the other players here because Kushner, Jared Kushner, uh, the, the clown prince, as I describe him in the Taking Back Trump's America book, um, really played a key role in setting the tone and tempo of how we responded uh, to the China virus. And, and one of the biggest um, mistakes that Kushner made uh, was to get on um, TV and basically declare that the, the pandemic was going to be over by midsummer. And we'd be, in his words, rocking and rolling as an economy. And boy, did that ever come back to haunt him. And, you know, I, I, um, I spoke early on, uh, you can check this out, it's in the New York Times, about why uh, in the White House and in this country we needed to have an adult conversation about how to balance kind of the need to contain the virus versus the need to, to, to have a growing economy and deal with the indirect ways the virus could kill. And, and my comment um, to the New York Times at the time uh, contrasted the, the, the Burks and Fauci and Redfield and Stephen Hahn and the FDA view of the world, kind of the healthcare bureaucracy, the Azars of this world, all those people who were sticking knives in Trump's back who wanted simply to contain directly contain the virus by locking people up you know that was that was the way they saw the world and you know as a macro economist who, who's supposed to see see the big picture thrust into this whole thing i'm i'm watching everything unfold and i'm 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 seeing that these lockdowns first and foremost could be as deadly a killer as the virus itself you kill people with alcoholism uh, obesity, people unable to go get their breast cancer biopsies uh, or, 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 or uh, checkups, anything like that. Um, and not to mention the, the trillions of dollars in lost economic output, which would then lead to unemployment and now a stagflation problem we have. And make no mistake about it, um, Biden mishandled the 
the post-pandemic way in, in a way which has given us that. So these were texture difficult problems. And um, you know, Burks was a very blunt instrument operating uh, in the shadows, uh, pushing kind of the pure healthcare bureaucracy line of lockdowns. But I'd like to get Jeffrey's thought of whether he's looked into kind of you know, the roles that, that Kushner played, bad personnel there, as I say, in taking back Trump's America. Mark Short, uh, the chief of staff to Pence. Pence himself, who um, appeared to be uh, clueless in Gaza half the time on this. Uh, and then Scott Atlas trying to be a countervailing force. And there was Kevin Hassett as well. So, Jeffrey, I'm going to turn the uh, the mic back to you and, and let you um, make some observations on my observations and whatever you saw, because you, you, you're putting value added here. And I think you're going to write a book about this at some point. Oh, God, I wish I had time. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for your, your bluntness. I, I, I wish we could spend an evening together because I think we could share some war stories. I'm, I'm amazed at your comments here. But if you want to know who the conspirators against Trump are, all you have to do is pick up Burks's book and, and read it because it's everybody yeah. she praises. Um, and no, she's a huge fan of, of course, uh, Pottinger and of course, uh, um, uh, uh, um, the, the son-in-law, you know, whatever, what you call him, the clown prince and, and Redfield and of course, uh, Fauci, uh, as you mentioned at the outset, she is, she is not a brave person. And so this is what's, I would say there's, I have a meta sort of observation about her book. Why, why would she? Why is she so brazen about all the ways in which she used subterfuge uh, and, and sneaky? What she was basically the a, a player within a shadow government that developed after the lockdowns happened in March. She established the an administrative state that basically took over the presidency. That's my read of the situation between then and the election to make sure we stayed locked down to make sure that that the American people continue to suffer as as much and as long as possible in order to defeat. Uh, uh, Trump at the polls. And she was uh, instrumental in that, not just instrumental. She flew around to um, 40 different states um, and and convinced governors that, oh, they had to reduce uh, capacity restrictions. So you couldn't, uh, you know, open, you couldn't have sports. You can't have a dinner party at your ha home. You can't have church. You can't celebrate Thanksgiving. Hey, hey, and so and, and Jeffrey, let me, let me make a quick observation yeah. on that because she, um, she was so far off the reservation. Um, on right. that, I mean, she was operating as a free agent, uh, and and look, she was putting her life at risk. I'll give her that because she was yeah. flying repeatedly into hot zones, but there was nobody telling her what she could or couldn't do. She just did what she thought right. was the right thing to do, and as it would turn out, it was often absolutely the wrong thing to do. That's so. Um, you I, know, that's that that's kind of the subtext there. I think that's right. But I think what you're doing, I think it's correct. You're speaking as a person who was uh, within the White House. Right. So that on one, you know, on one yes. hand, you had the White House, you had the White House giving orders and, and setting priorities. And there's Trump speaking and there's press conferences and you're monitoring the press and everything. On the other hand, you had this sort of rogue uh, regime. Uh, of, of Fauci and Burks 
and and Redfield and really this administrative bureaucracy that was working at cross purposes yeah. with what the and and I'm I'm not making this up, right? This is what she says, and she brags no, no, about I, I, over, I, the thing I would say that the, the the granularity here that I would add to this is that I think you're right that the these the healthcare uh, deep administrative state had this lockdown anti-Trump point of view. I mean, they had they had uh, key key missions were to make Fauci the god, Trump the villain, and push the lockdowns. Okay, so th- there was that. But I think part of the story you're missing here, Jeffrey, is the other players in there. You, you're asking the Trump White House to have a coherent strategy when, in fact, you had a bunch of these bad personnel that I talk about in the Taking Back Trump's America book, like Kushner pursuing his own agenda. You had Mark Short, the the VP's chief of staff, pushing his own agenda. You had Atlas trying to push back against it. There's a funny story about Burks. You know, when she came, when Pottinger brought her in, she was supposed to get a big office over in the EEOB with a bunch of staff. And then they stuck her in this this windowless, tiny cubicle down in the basement of the White House, thinking that they could contain her. And and no. and the way she escaped that box, probably why she wanted to get out of the get out of the White House all the time. Um, yeah. was to go out on the road and, and preach the gospel of Burke's uh, yeah. scarves of flying. I mean, it was it was just all so, but, so but, bad but again, personnel wrong. That's, I 100% agree. But as you said at the outset, she is not a brave person. She had benefactors. She right. knew she would be, she would be right. protected. Uh, there's a lot of money that was behind the the effort to unseat Trump and to keep the economy locked down and 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 to basically you know ruin American freedoms and 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 law for a full year going into the November election she she had full confidence that she had backing I see her as a uh, what's the right word like a I don't know she was a tool of something or somebody and I guess she would say it's it's Fauci well it was it was Kushner I mean it was it was Kushner. Kushner and uh, and Pottinger. I mean, they brought her in for a very specific purpose. She, she did whatever she was told to do by them, and mm-hmm. you know that was the politics of of dysfunction in the White House. And I mean, it's like the Taking Back Trump's America book is going to be uh, an epiphany for America because I don't hold anything back with respect to the clown prince. I mean, Kushner between Kushner and Mnuchin, it's a toss up as to who was more destructive. To, to Trump. And I think if either one of them hadn't been in the White House to begin with, Trump would still be there. That's how much damage they did. I, but I, but this is, it's a nuanced story. Uh, anyway, I'll let you have the last word. We got about uh, 60 seconds. Give yeah, your social I, media stuff and, and uh, take take sure. your last shot, sir. But I, I, want, I, want, I want Burke's book to be read because people need to know she altered CDC reports. She changed policy on her own, conspiring personally with Redfield and and Kushner and and Meadows and so, and and uh, Pottinger and so on. There were weekly reports coming out from the White House uh, for that entire year t- uh, 2020. The White House had never approved, and she brags in her book how uh, everybody was too lazy to look at them. She she got them through anyway. Anyway, we're investigating all this and much more. The economic response, the public health uh, elements of it at brownstone.org. I've, I I Peter, I think we're just really in the beginnings stages of this the american people are uh, need answers 
Uh, we've got we need, a, answers. A, a, we we need answers. answers, and 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 my view is that everything is going to come out. The question is, what are we going to do about it? That's when we need to get very serious. Thank you, okay. Peter, for having. I me do on. have to taking back Trump's America has some answers about that. Bad personnel is bad politics, Jeffrey. Thanks for having the Brownstone Institute. It's it's a great contribution. Uh, we'll be back in the war room. Uh, we are going to our southern border under assault right now. Friends, when America's farmers themselves start warning us about impending unavoidable food shortages, do you think there might be a problem in this country? Well, you bet there is. Fertilizer shortages are going to impact you and your family very, very soon. That's why I suggest you drop what you're doing and go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. You'll find a special offer where you can save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit from my Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of well-prepared customers who will be able to eat when the food shortage hits, and those shortages are going to hit. Their three-month food kits give you over 2,000 calories per day and are selling fast, so don't wait. You get free shipping, and your food will arrive at your home in unmarked boxes. Get one kit for each person in your family. You'll need it. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. That's preparewithbannon.com. It's no longer if, it's when the extensive food shortages are coming. Go to preparewithbannon.com. Do that today. Action, action, action. There has arrived the new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. The threat of an economic downturn is shaking up consumers and small business owners. A recent survey taken by Goldman Sachs found 93%, 93% of small businesses fear a recession and 89% are affected by inflation, supply chain issues, and workforce challenges. Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon here in the war room. Um, I think it's always useful to preface a visit to our southern border with a review of where the economy's at. And you can see from that clip uh, that even the left-wing media is uh, now clutching their pearls uh, about a truly difficult situation which is coming. And um, I pose the question um, as we hover um, on recession uh, or probably in one and as uh, real incomes and purchasing power are falling so that whatever people are earning on a weekly basis is buying them less each week. What happens to our most vulnerable black and brown and blue collar workers um, when the Biden regime allows over 2 million, 2 million illegal aliens to flood across or border on an annual basis. Um, and when those illegal aliens, and that's what they are, political correctness, um, not 
in our lexicon. What happens when those illegal aliens who are poorly educated uh, start competing with black and brown and blue collar Americans? Um, and you know exactly what happens. Um, Americans get pushed out of jobs and or they see their wages depressed. And that's the subtext for what we're going to see and talk about now as we go to the great Oscar at the southern border to talk about uh, the latest indignities this country is suffering. Sir, Oscar, how are you doing today? Good evening, Mr. Navarro. Yes, we are located right here in between the limitations of the river Suchiate between Guatemala and Mexico. Today, no mainstream media has found it. So in Real America's Voice News and us, we discovered the Operation Mirror that is a complete optic. It is just a photo op being done by the Guatemala government with the Mexican government. Uh, they were doing it right uh, today as they were trying to stop traffickers on the east side of this river where they are trafficking hundreds of migrants uh, through the daily day basis as the Biden administration is the greatest incentivizer of the whole continent for smugglers across the world. And today, this operation that is called Operation Mirror that is also being done on the state of Coahuila that connects to Texas, it is. it looks like a photo op, Mr. Navarro. They, they stay here for two hours. They operate for two hours. But the rest of the day, they are trafficking gasoline. They are trafficking humans. And God knows what happens late in the afternoon. God knows what happens late in the trafficking, uh, you know, late at night when they're trafficking drugs and all these other situations that they involved national security for Mexico and also, you know, national security for Guatemala. But this is what is happening currently right now. And also for you to know, Mr. Navarro, breaking news as for this right now, one uh, governmental official from the Institute National of Immigration just announced in the installation of regulation for documents that the installations for documents has collapsed. And by that, that means that more than 6,000 migrants that we reported yesterday that they are awaiting for documents, they just announced that they are going to move on a caravan on the next incoming days to the northern border, sir. Oscar, uh, let me take a wild guess here. Um, clearly, having uh, this flood of illegal aliens coming across Guatemalan soil, Mexican soil, um, is, is not good for those countries. Um, yet, if you are uh, a government official in Guatemala or Mexico or Honduras, um, no, most likely you're presented with bribes um, and or the threat of being uh, assassinated, and therefore you do what's not in the best interest of your country. Um, am I wrong in making that observation? No, you're absolutely correct. That is the most, you know, the, the, the asylum and refugee has become the most lucrative business in the whole continent of America. And they're exploding that in the United States of America by, you know, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, and also the United Nations that now has infiltrated the United States government by the Biden and Harris administration, admitting to being collaborators to the global compact on migration that that is the root of the problem. That is the main the main corruption root of the problem, the global compact on migration. But ultimately, this corruption that you're mentioning, Mr. Navarro, it comes from all south of America. The Biden administration has made it clear with the incompetence of Alejandro Mayorkas to incentivize all the mass migration all the way to the northern border, sir. And that is the number one problem. 
are you seeing any kind of remedies coming from anybody or is this just bad, bad, bad and getting worse, worse, worse? It's going to get worse and it's going to get worse during uh, as time is, is, is flooding by. Uh, they're already organizing and they're speculating for next year, entering next year in January, more than 20,000 migrants that they are going across on a caravan. They're forming and conforming another caravan. This is a non-ending effect. The, the problem is the, the, the traffickers, the smugglers, that they are continuously making millions out of, you know, of, out of humans. It's this modern day slavery yeah. and it is a nonstop and, effect, sir. And therefore, all the money they're making allows them to build up this this human conveyor belt uh, that stretches all the way to Brazil, uh, which I yeah. think is where a lot of this immigration comes. Oscar, um, uh, you're doing a great job down there. We appreciate it. Uh, give people now your social media, and we're going to have to bid you adieu for the day. Thanks so much for, for the invitation. Oscar Blue on Getter, Oscar Blue on YouTube, Oscar Blue on Facebook, OscarBlueRamirez.com website, and also uh, RealAmericasVoiceNews.com, sir. Thank you. Oscar, I can't uh, thank you enough for your courage. Uh, this is not uh, not the safest thing in the world to be engaged in. Uh, Real America's Voice is doing a great job, and the War Room is proud, proud to present this kind of boots-on-the-ground journalism. You won't see this kind of thing on MSNBC, CNN, or Fox. Peter K. Navarro, in for Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, we will see you tomorrow in the War Room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.